0: Meditate, manifest, invest in you. Join me on my spiritual journey as I elevate myself and like minded listeners to a higher level mentally, physically, and spiritually. Thank you for listening. This is Black Hippie Lounge, and I am your host, Chanel. So, good afternoon. Today is November 2nd, and Um, I was able to uh, do an interview today with a woman named Charlie Paul, and I found her Instagram page um, just from browsing, um, and she is a doula. She's a, a, a doula here in Massachusetts, and she is of Haitian descent. And she has a lot of, she speaks of a lot of spirituality things as well on her page. And that's what um, attracted me to her page to kind of explore. We had been talking back and forth, um, trying to set up the interview, and we were able to do so today. So I'm very happy to be able to share um, the interview with you. Uh, So before we get into that, I do want to still give... um, some information or I know I usually do like a reading from the book um, that I have called Thriving as an Empath. So this one is for today. It's called Bundling Up. A fun part of colder weather is that you can wear warm, cozy clothes. During summer, some empaths feel overexposed and vulnerable in light clothing. In contrast, the fall and winter seasons let you bundle up in coats with hoods, scarves, down vests, and gloves lined with soft fleece or natural fibers. At night, you can wear flannel pajamas and sleep on warm flannel sheets. During snowstorms or icy temperatures, you can keep your legs and feet warm and protected in thick cashmere or cotton socks, leggings, and sturdy boots. Like many empaths, you may be intolerant of certain fabrics. You may dislike the scratchiness of rough wool or feel constricted by turtleneck sweaters that are too tight around the neck but soft cotton, silk, or flannel feels pleasing. Clarify your preferences so your clothes feel good on your body. So set your intention. I will take pleasure in bundling up in outfits that keep me safe from the cold. I will let myself be held in the secure embrace of cozy clothes and chilly climates. So I feel like that is definitely appropriate for today because it's cold outside. And um, like I said, I'm very happy to share this interview that I was able to do today um, with Miss Charlie Paul. And I hope that, you know, you are able to learn some new things from the gems that she dropped because she definitely um, dropped some good gems and good information and advice on spirituality and just her personal journey herself. And I hope that the things that she shared is able to help someone too, because it definitely helped me. That's one of the main reasons why I, um, was it what reached out to her and asked to do the interview because I liked a lot of the things that she shared on her page. Um, so I'm going to mention it within the interview, but also want to just say it here too, that her, you should follow her page. It's at my divine, um, underscore feminine. And I will post it on the post that I usually do to announce the the, um, episode as well so that you can be able to follow her page and um i hope that you enjoy this interview
1: hi hi how are you i'm good how are you
0: i'm good um okay so it's already recording but basically um if you want to just give like a brief introduction of who you are what you do for work and um a little bit about your like Instagram page um then we can go from there
1: okay well my name is Charlie Paul I am the daughter of Sophony spiritual daughter of Danielle granddaughter of Lena and mother of Harmony I work as a doula which is a non-medical maternity assistant so I support women and families through pregnancy prepare them for labor and delivery and I stick with them through the delivery room and when they're ready. And if they choose, I assist them during postpartum as well.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. So um, do you want to talk about the, I know on your Instagram page, you have um, the sisterhood campaign campaign questionnaire. So you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes. So that that sisterhood campaign questionnaire um, can be found on my Instagram page. Which is my divine underscore feminine on Instagram, and that stems from something bigger, which is the the page itself, um which is actually an embodiment of my personal journey mm-hmm. um, because I grew up, you know, I grew up in a very masculine setting where. You know, I learned how to fight, you know my mouth was slick and <laughs> <laughs> i I always had a guard up um, I was fighting boys, and so <laughs> I didn't really have any guidance or um, anybody to show me how to you know accept my femininity mm-hmm. and to and, and even just show me what that meant so it wasn't until later in life that I realized that, you know, the walls and the personality that I had grown, you know, being, you know, leaning more into my masculine self and feeling I had to be protected from everything. Um, it was no longer working for me. You know, it started becoming a hindrance in in the areas that I wanted to move forward in, in relationships, jobs, you know, and just everything in life. So I really had to go through... Um, an experience of diving into my femininity and what that meant for me was accepting, you know, my womanhood, my Mm -hmm. sisterhood, my motherhood, um, the lineage of women that came before me and what they deposited in me, um, how that affected the relationships with my sisters and the women that are in my life. Um, Even the, the girls that I grew up with, And everything just became so clear that my disconnection from the feminine side of myself was actually um, a root issue in many of my relationships. So My my Divine Feminine is a journey, um, a storytelling journey, where I just reveal different stories about myself. And so the Sisterhood Campaign is um, my dream, right? I want to teach other women and men who recognize this imbalance within themselves how to come into balance with themselves by um, balancing out their feminine and masculine energies. So this sisterhood camping is going to be teaching women how to basically survive outside, you know, learn how to pitch a tent, learn how to start a fire, learn how to, um, you know, hunt for, for berries, you know, different things like that, just to um, incorporate their, their mental instincts, which is a very masculine side of ourselves, um, which as women, we don't really have to tap into. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to invite women on that camping trip to talk about tough subjects like, you know, sisterhood and the, the disconnection, um, how we're portrayed in media Mm-hmm. And how we go about trusting one another, um, the betrayals that often happen, the fighting, um, the competition, and doing activities that will help us, you know, bring awareness to whether those things are within ourselves and also building trust with one another that we can go and bring out to our other, you know, relationships in the world. So it's it's up there. Um, the prospective date for this camping is going to be fall, summer fall of twenty twenty one.
0: Okay, yeah. I was going to ask you when. When do you think you're going to do it? Um. So, so okay. My next question is: Your page is for anybody that's on their journey into femininity, right? And yeah. while balancing their dominant masculine. So, can you explain for those who may be unfamiliar with those terms what what exactly that means?
1: Okay, so um, just to bring it to a really basic understanding, if we look out into nature, we will see that every living organism has a masculine and feminine quality to them all. Um, If we look at a tree, we can see how its trunk stands tall and strong and how the, the leaves and the flowers and the fruit are able to flow freely. That's a masculine and feminine balance within itself. So even within us, as we are living organisms, there is a masculine and feminine balance within ourselves. Um, and we can take a, a quick look at this by looking at um, the dominant um, masculine and the dominant female and what those things look like. Um, when we think of a dominant male, we, we think of strong, powerful, you know, authoritative um, qualities like that. And when we look at a dominant female, we we see. Let's see. We see her able to use her voice. Her able to um, to sway the people. Her able to use her, her body to um, to improve the energy. So yes, like I was saying, when we see a woman who has embodied her feminine qualities, mm-hmm. she's comfortable in her body, she's comfortable speaking her voice, um, using her voice, um, and she is, um, she's comfortable bringing her feminine qualities to the table despite authoritative measures or dominant males that may be around her. Um and when this, these energies are balanced within ourselves, we can, I believe that we can incorporate just who we truly are. When we see a man who has not, um, who is overly masculine, we as a culture, we call that toxic ma- toxic masculinity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I believe that if a man like that were able to, allow his feminine qualities to rise, he will become more balanced within himself and be able to see what we all want, you know, these toxic these toxic masculines to hear, you mm-hmm. know, what we're saying. So, and the same thing goes, I don't think a lot of people believe that there is a toxic femininity, but there really is. And we can see it play out in many of our talk shows, you know, I mean, not our talk shows, but our reality shows. Mm-hmm. And so, I believe that if a woman you know were to learn how to hone a po- her power, which um, a male learns how to start doing from a very young age, she would be able to you know have the self-control to use her femininity in a way that does not clash with the masculinity. But that invites a balance, and when we see relationships like that, it looks like it looks like Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. It looks like mm. you know Jay Z and Beyonce. It looks like a, fe- a man being able to stand in his masculinity, but not overshadowing you know his woman or or femininity, and a woman being able to do the same thing. And my bigger vision for this is, you know, yes, I'm starting small and inviting women on a camping trip, but I want us to understand that this balance is within ourselves and and this balance is within our, this imbalance is within our society and this imbalance is within our world. And so as we begin to work on balancing our personal own individual selves, that, Will that will automatically and naturally affect our our our, our, our uh. <laughs> that will <laughs> that will naturally affect our outer elements and we will be begin to see changes within ourselves our relationships within our society and within our world and make the world a better place so
0: yeah <laughs> sounds good I like that um so Another question is how can listeners determine these things in themselves and balance them within themselves, like the, defi- the divine femininity and the masculinity.
1: Okay, so for example, um, if you find that um, that you are a woman or that you know a woman who says, "Oh, I don't, I don't get along with females, so I mostly hang out with guys because I don't get along with females." That is most likely um, an unwillingness of her to accept the feminine qualities within herself, and mm-hmm. you know it's not her fault; this most likely stemmed from her childhood and from the relationship with her mother and so I invite you to take to to explore that you know as woman, your relationship with them, with your mother. And even for the men out there, um, for a man to say, like if you, how a man experiences grief says a lot about how he, um, how he sees and experiences his masculinity. Um, for him to be able to process, um, to process it in a way that does not hurt himself or others, um, but invites, you know, invites crying, invites um, speaking, invites the healing process in. That's his ability to soften himself, um, his, his allow his feminine side to come in to invite the nurturing that is available to him. But on the other side of things, you know, he might repress that and suppress that. He might turn to um, drugs or alcohol. He might um, become, you know, harsh, abrasive in his language. So it's, you know, it's outer expressions of of what he's going through within himself, but they are harmful to, you know, the people in his environment. So these are just these are just very small examples. But just ways that you know we might be able to identify it, how do you process your emotions? you know do you do you stuff them down and suppress them, or do you allow yourself to um, to express them, whether it be to yourself or to others? do you are you able to nurture yourself and soothe yourself or allow others to do that for you, or do you turn to things that will allow you to numb the pain and so um, once we're able to identify things like that, we're able to see whether we are in balance, in balance, or out of balance with with ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know you kind of touched on it just now, but why is it important? You feel to balance the masculine and feminine aspects of ourselves.
1: It's important to balance the masculine and feminine aspects of ourselves because. If we don't, then we'll never truly experience fulfillment within ourselves. There will always be part of ourself that we are not acknowledging, that we are not shining a light on, that we are not allowing to live. And so... Whether that is part of your masculine self or part of your feminine self, um, there's just going to be an apparent imbalance. And whether that is not apparent to others, you'll always feel it within yourself, the sense of, of brokenness, the sense of incompleteness, when the truth of the reality is that is that your feminine and masculine self is there, is that you are whole. You were never broken. You were just not in, you are just not able to see the wholeness of yourself.
0: So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what has your spiritual awakening experience been like? Wow. <laughs>
1: it's been a journey. I would like to say that, well, I grew up in Christianity. Okay. And I got baptized when I was 15. And I had been having, like, just lots of personal encounters with... um with who I call God and but at the same time I didn't really understand how to be accepted in Christianity and that was my goal Um, when I was older and I got to college I'll never forget um, taking my first sociology class and um, becoming awakened to the reality of our society becoming awakened to the fact that I am a, a single black woman in America and what that meant and um, it was really like an existential life crisis for me at the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I I really went on a spiritual journey to just denounce what I knew of Christianity and, and get to know God for who God is. And um, that, I believe, is a lifelong journey. I found that I've never gone to a destination But I've really found that the more that I get to know myself, accept myself, focus on myself, learn myself, the closer and closer I I commune with God.
0: Right. So do you feel like this, like the spiritual awakening, once it happens, it's an ongoing thing? It's not something that just, you kind of can complete and then that's it?
1: Well... The, that's a matter of free will, which we all have. You know, the spiritual journey is a matter of choice. It's a matter of choosing yourself every day, choosing to explore that. When we turn to substance abuse or when we turn to things like like sex and, and Netflix and binging on things that bring our bodies pleasure but don't um, enhance our spiritual lives, um, we actually hinder our spiritual path. And so being on a spiritual journey is, is more like saying, um, I, I'm going to pay less attention to what my body wants and more attention to what my heart needs, to mm. what my, my body needs, um, a healing aspect to what the little child inside me needed, um, to To do what's best for me, you know, so turning down the pleasures of this body because this is all vain, right, this falls mm-hmm. away, turns to dust but we are able to, to recognize that we are spirits having a human experience we see that yes. our spirits are the ones that really need tending, so no mm-hmm. we don't need to feel good, we need to we need to heal good. And so mm-hmm. this, the healing journey is not yeah. a pretty thing. It's not like I'm meditating and I'm doing yoga and I feel good and it's, and it's great and I eat healthy and this lifestyle. No, it's, it's laying in bed all day. It's, it's crying it out. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's riding the wave of the depression because you know that At the end, you're going to get that clarity. It's picking yourself up out of that bed when the process is done and taking that shower that you haven't had in three days and and starting over again with a new sense of self, with a new understanding of of who you are and what you're here to do. And it's a series of ups and downs and ebbs and flows, but understanding that you are always connected to the divine um, and that connection starts with the connection with yourself.
0: Yes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I like that. Um, the part that you said about we are spiritual beings, you know, having a human experience like that's, that's real. And it's it is it is tough. It is definitely like a a tough journey to be on. But I know, like you said, it's definitely fulfilling. And it's, you know, you just kind of have to ride the wave of things that come about. Um, So I know on your page, you talked about survival mode. Can you explain what that meant to you and how you got out of that mode in your life and maybe what mode you're in right now?
1: Sure. So when I was 13, um, I'll start a little earlier when, so I was born in Brooklyn and when Mm -hmm. I was about nine Ten, I moved to Massachusetts. I moved to Mattapan and um, when I when we got in the car to come to Boston, my my older sister was crying profusely, and I asked her, like, "Why are you crying?" And she said, "Cause we're not coming back." And I turned to my mother and I said, "Mom, we're coming back, right?" And she goes, "Yes." and i look at my sister and i say see we're coming back and um the being the teenager she is she sucks for tea puts her headphones on and ignores everybody in the car and so here i am in boston um, as an 11 year old and just not really accepting where i'm at because just you know i'm thinking that i'm not going to be here long so My childhood was really filled with, you know, experiences that, you know, entailed me going out when I wasn't supposed to, um, hanging out with the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things and just like, you know, rebelling as a young child because, you know, my mom wasn't home and my dad, you know, wasn't in my life. So, um, when I was 13, um, my mom had decided she had had enough and, um, she's from Haiti, and she decided to send me to Haiti for a year, um, to a boarding school. And I'll never forget the day that she that we we got to Haiti, um, and we stayed at my family's house for three for about three days. And she had told me that we were going to the Dominican Republic, and I was like, Yeah, you know, I love Haiti, nice to see my family, but when are we going to DR? Like, you know, because I had fallen in love with that place. And mm-hmm. so the day after that, she takes me to the college campus um, where the boarding school is where I'll be staying. And I actually I actually was intrigued because I saw, you know, girls who looked like myself. I saw, you know, people having fun, you know, just them going about their daily lives, and I was intrigued. And so um a few days after that, she brought me to the college campus. Drop my things off. Um, it was May eighteenth, two thousand and two, and that May eighteenth is the day of um, our independence as a cult, as a culture, um, as a country. And when so on the college campus, there was a big celebration. Um, the outside was allowed to come in the campus. There were festivities, food, music, dancing, and. Um, you know, that's the situation that my mother left me in. And I was happy to be there. You know, I was like, all right, bye, mom. See you later. <laughs> and I kid you not, maybe about five minutes after she left, they started shooting on the campus. And I mm-hmm. had just gotten a tour of the campus about 10 minutes ago. And I felt like the closest place that I knew to run to was the boys dorm. So I ran there with all the men and we huddled and we ducked and we waited, um, you know, to be able for for somebody to come and tell us that we could get out. And um, when somebody came to tell us that I was safe, you know, I walked out of the boys' dorm and I was just in a state of shock. And it was at that moment that it hit me that, my mother was gone and she wasn't coming back and that I was alone in this third world country um, that spoke a, mm-hmm. a different dominant language um, that I understood but didn't speak well with a different culture mm-hmm. that I hadn't learned different food and I went through a lot I went through a lot in a year there and so fast forward a year later I come home And I never talked, sorry, and I never talked about, you know, the things that I encountered as a child, you know, just being 13, you know, things like, um, experiencing boys and, 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 um, getting my menstrual cycle for the first time. And, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I was 23, um, that one night I had an, um, just like a break from reality. And I walked into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize the woman who was in the mirror. Um, I realized that I was still that 13 year old girl in survival mode, um, not knowing what's going to happen next and just really fearful, um, really fearful but standing strong because she has to survive. And so that was that was a true break reality. I went through like a big depression. I didn't recognize myself, and it really, it really was the darker side of my spiritual journey. So, as I navigated through that, it has taken years. It has taken a disconnection from God, um, an unwillingness to even indulge in spirituality to. Spirituality becoming everything because I've come, I've come to know that um, that the spirit world is very real. That um, that I am nothing if I am not aware of my my soul and myself. Um, and yes, I've had to heal that little inner child within myself. And so, being able to come to this period where I'm now 30. And I'm feeling like I'm finally in communion with this little girl. I have had to learn how to trust myself again, how to trust people, how to trust surroundings, how to forgive my mother, how to interact better with my sisters, how to um, repair relationships with the woman in my life and what I mean by that is because I was this fearful scared little girl and it had stemmed from the relationship with my mother which I had established a huge mistrust for I went and um, and also having an older sister who I was always fighting with um, it really reflected and trickled down into my relationships with my girlfriends and it often led to you know us, you know, not talking for long periods of time, fighting and bickering, um, or just flat out ending relationships and friendships, and um, and even for the relationships that did last for a long time, and for the ones where we've explored these places, we just were not able to get past, you know, the pain that was within ourselves, and and I identify with um, my friends and their own relationships with their mothers and what I have seen, and I really think that. If we begin to have this conversation with each other, that we can find a space of compassion for our mothers, but really be able to turn um, the generational pattern around and turn it around for our daughters, for ourselves and for our daughters. And And I call that freedom and I believe that we all deserve that. So that's what I'm here to do is to start that
0: conversation. Nice. Love it. Um, any advice to listeners who may just be beginning their spiritual awakening but who might be afraid to continue
1: Mm -hmm. the only reason why we would be afraid to continue our spiritual journey is because we're afraid of what we will find and the only reason Mm -hmm. why we would be afraid of what we would find is because that is because we would have to let go of some aspect of ourselves, who we already are. And that's the hardest thing for us as humans to do, is to let go when we feel familiar and secure. Um, it's hard to let go of an idea of who you are, of who, you are who you were, who you wanted to be, um, and, um, and take a leap of faith Um, to see who God created you to be. And that's hard and that's scary. And it's not just once, it happens over and over again because you come to know different evolutions of yourself. So the advice that I would give to anybody experiencing fear in their spiritual journey is that you have to have a desire for a better life than the one that you're currently living. You have to have a willingness to explore yourself and connect with God. Um, You have to decide what connecting with God means for yourself. Personally, I know that the breath, God breathed life into all of us and that is our one connection to the commune, to the communion we have with him. So through deep breathing, through meditation, um, reaching that state of um, letting go of your body and just becoming aware of just the spirit and the soul that resides in you, and from that place connecting with God, and I promise you that at that place you'll you'll come into realization that your what you're feel, what you're fearful of is just this reality, just this physical manifestation of the spiritual body that you are this world is our playground this world you can you can choose the life that you want to live and so when you choose to stay in the state of fear you're choosing not to live out the fullness that is granted to you but when you if you are able to have faith and to say that this is a limit, a self-limitation that I have placed on my mind and on myself, that this fear is not going to determine my growth. And I'm going to take that leap of faith. I know that you can experience different evolutions of yourself and you'll be, you'll be able to look back and to see why it all made sense. So if you're struggling in that area, Um, I invite you to check out divine meditations. I mean, divine guided meditations on YouTube. Um, Definitely um, frequency vibrations on YouTube. Um, Starting at low frequency vibration, vibrational music and raising those. Um, Definitely prayer and and just having that conversational space. Because what prayer does is It opens up a dialogue for you to express yourself. And because you have opened that dialogue with your words, you're now in your mind, um, making space to receive an answer. Just like when you, when you know, when you find out what a new car is, you see that car everywhere. So you are going to be your biggest help or your biggest hindrance and, that's your choice so choose Mm wisely.
0: yes i like that that's um definitely some good useful information and i definitely agree you know um it's best to just keep going really and then keep exploring it and and you know like you said you will figure out you know why you're on the journey and what good things come about from it you
1: can trust the journey
0: yeah right Right. We always see that, like, trust the journey, trust the process. But it's true. Like, you have to be able to trust the process and trust yourself, you know, within the process. Um, Yeah. Wow. So thank Thank you you so much for, you know, this interview. You definitely dropped some good gems. um, And I appreciate you taking out the time to let me ask you these questions. Um, I would definitely... um, be dropping the episode later on today um but just for listeners do you mind if i tell them your instagram page so they can follow yes. you
1: um well, first of all thank you for having me um thank you for recognizing mm-hmm. that there was something here to share and for giving me a voice um and my platform of voice and i hope that um that this really goes well <laughs> on your podcast yeah. um <laughs> yes you can tell them my handle and stuff
0: yeah, so um her Instagram is my divine underscore feminine. Um and again her name is Charlie Paul. Yes, Saying it right, right? Yes. Charlie Paul. Um and you are a doula in Boston? Yes, and the and surrounding areas. Okay. Um so yeah, definitely check her out. Check out her her Instagram page. She, she dropped a lot of gems on there. Um, That's pretty much how I think that's how I reached out to you yes. through Instagram. I think I came across your page and I really liked the, the content that I saw. Um, And then from there, we've just been, you know, trying to figure out how to get this yes. interview going, but I definitely, definitely appreciate, you know, the things that you drop on there and um, you doing this interview, you dropped a lot of good gems. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will um, relate to the things that you said um and I definitely like I said I appreciate you know you sharing your and your um your journey with us. Thank um we, so, we finally yeah, no we finally made it. <laughs> I know, right? After <laughs> so much it. back and forth, like we're both so busy, but I definitely definitely yes, appreciate it. Is perfect. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yes. It's the right time. <laughs> okay. All right. You too. Have a